Obviously the cops weren't gonna do that, like why? Welcome back to Wright's World, I'm your host Bryson Wright, and on today's episode we're gonna be going over our first serial killer, and if this, you know, episode gets a lot of love, we're gonna, you know, incorporate that into our production, you know, pop out more serial killer um, episodes, but we posted it on the gram and everyone voted yes, it got 100%, first poll that we've posted that's got 100% yet. Um, so just kind of backtrack on what made me want to do a serial killer episode. And this is, this is a trigger warning for the people that, um, feel weird talking about like, you know, all that kind of stuff. This episode is going to be full of it. So once we get past what's right in this world, I kind of recommend y'all not to listen anymore, but you know, for everyone that voted yes, keep on listening. It should be. Should be a good episode for all you little serial killer junkies. Um, but what made me want to do this episode was I was hiking this weekend up in Yosemite. And for whatever reason, I um, thought, I was like, man, like, I wonder if Yosemite has had any serial killers. Because if you think about it, like, there's so much land out there that you could dump bodies in. I don't know why my brain went there. I should have been more focused on fighting a bear or uh, actually not dying on the hike. But yeah, that's that's where my brain went when I was coming down that that mountain. I was like, man, let's do a serial killer episode specifically about Yosemite. Let's see if there's anyone out there that has done anything around this area. And yeah, sure enough, there was. There was only one in however long Yosemite has been around, so don't be afraid to go to Yosemite unless you're afraid of, you know, the bears, the mountain lions, the snakes, everything else but the people. Before we jump into that, let's get into what's right in this world. And since we're talking about Yosemite National Park, I figured it was only the right thing to do to bring an article up that talks about national parks. So the... What's right in this world for this week is this grandson started taking his grandma, which is 96 now. Her name is Joy. She looks like a lovely lady. Um, he, The grandson realized that when she was back in like 2015 that she hadn't traveled very much. Like the only time she really got out and, you know, did little adventurous things was when they went fishing. So she hadn't been out of the state of Ohio very much, anything like that. So he got this idea. He was like, I'm going to take her to Smoky Mountain National Park. So they went to Smoky, Na- Smoky Mountain National Park, and they both absolutely loved it. Like, they had a grand old time, and he had fun traveling with her, hearing hearing all her stories, and then vice versa. Um, so they came up with this idea, and they're like, hey, since you haven't, adventured much in your life and you know you're she had to been in her late 80s at that time um they're like hey like let's get you out so they get her out and about and they go to every single national park which there's 63 of them so they went to 63 different national parks also she's 93 not 96 i just saw that in the article sorry about that um so they went to all 63 national parks 
and started. They went that first one was the Smoky Mountains, and then they ended with American Samoa. You know, just so they kind of planned that. They're like, man, the American Samoa is kind of all about family, and it's a beach. So they're like, we'll just kind of kick back and relax for a couple of weeks out out on this national park and. You know, they had a grand old time visiting all the others, but bet that one was their favorite, you know, kind of closing their little journey together and, you know, recapping on how much of a fun time they all had and which other national parks were their favorite, which one did they like the least. So they kind of reflected on their whole journey. So that's pretty cool. If your grandparents are adventurous, that that would be something super cool to do for them if, you know, you have all the time in the world and can do that for them. Maybe maybe me and my grandparents will go on a little vacation to a national park. Who knows? Maybe they'll fly out here and we'll go to Yosemite, but TBD. So that's what's right in this world is Joy and her grandson got to explore the, the nation and go see all the national parks. Shout out to them. I think that's super cool. Alright, so this is the last warning before we get into the, the serial killer stuff, so if that's your your thing, this is your MO to get get out of here and, you know, just come back next week and listen listen to the next episode. But for now, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the serial killers. And this week the first serial killer that we will be talking about on Wright's World is the Yosemite killer, Carrie Stainer. So, just kind of throwing it back to his young life, his brother actually got abducted when he was seven years old and went missing for about seven years and actually returned. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the brother's disappearance just because I'm going to loop that into next week's episode and kind of go over that briefly as long as some other stuff about Carrie Stainer. So yeah, in his young life, his brother disappeared. Um, other than that, like that's pretty traumatizing, but other than that, his childhood was kind of relatively normal, like he was a good student in school. The only thing that kind of changed was when the brother came back, he started getting jealous about all this attention that the brother was receiving like from the parents from the media just because at that point in time when I think it was in 1972 when the brother came back um it was a huge thing all across the country like it got a whole bunch of media attention that he he started to feel kind of jealous and envious of his brother so that that might have triggered you know, a psychological event in his head. But everything that I read kind of said that he was a relatively, like, normal guy in school and stuff, didn't, wasn't, like, crazy bad or anything like that. He lived a relatively normal life. He was from a little town, like, an hour from Yosemite National Park, went to school there, graduated, didn't go to college or anything, and his life was pretty pretty normal until about 1997. He started working as a handyman at a Cedar Lodge near Yosemite National Park. And then everything was good for the first two years. They 
didn't have any issues with him or anything. He just kind of worked on the lodge, did some normal handyman things were out there, would fix random shit. Um, but in February 1999, Carol and Julie Sund, along with one of the foreign exchange students from Argentina named Selvinia, they were all staying in the lodge and Carol was a 42-year-old female. Her daughter Julie was 15 and then Selvinia was 16 at the time. They were all staying at the lodge and, um, you know, they were just going out doing Yosemite things and they were looking for a nice family vacation. Just them three, like a little girl's trip getaway. And that's when Carrie Steiner noticed that it was just them three alone in the lodge. So he claims that that triggered something in his brain that he, he felt the need to basically murder them and have his way with them. So... He came up with this plan to get into the lodge and he knocked on the door, told the mom, he's like, hey, there's a gas leak in here. Can I can I come into the room and kind of check it out? And at this time, the the mother was like, of course, like we don't need to be around a gas leak or anything like that. So they let him in and he goes to look at this gas leak and then he turns to Carol, the mother, and he strangles her. And so then ends up, that is how he kills her, and then turns to Sylvania, does the exact same thing, strangles her, and then kind of turns, after he kills Sylvania, turns to Julie, and he says, go get in the car right now. And he loads the other two, the two bodies into their rental car, and they all get into the rental car, those two are in the trunk, he drives him and Julie out to go search for a place to to put these bodies. And he drives for hours, I think two or three hours. And he's going towards Yosemite in the park. And he's just looking for a place to dump these bodies. For whatever reason, it triggered in his head that he needed to get rid of the car too, I guess. And so then he, him and Julie got out of the car. I think she took off running is what the the articles were saying and he chased her down and once he had caught her he either raped her then slit her throat or slit her throat and then raped her the police weren't ever able to figure out which one which way it happened but that he definitely did both and he confessed to doing both so after he had done that he just left her body there and then he went back to the car and he ended up burning the car and leaving the scene. The next day, so this happened on February 15th, the police started, they started looking for, they filed a missing persons report on all of, all three of the ladies and they weren't able to find anything until March. and. Probably early to mid-March, they found the burned car, and they weren't sure it was them because the remains were so scorched that they had to send off dental records to get them verified, and that's how they found the identities of Carol and Sylvania. So after that, they started searching harder for Julie, just, you know, 
she could have been alive. They wanted to find her and hopefully save her life, but they weren't able to find anything on her um, until late March. Carrie Steiner actually sent them a map to where the body was, along with a quote that said, we had fun with this one. This dude is a, a sick individual, so he sent that, obviously he sent it anonymous, anonymously, so no one knew that it was him. Um, they actually pulled him in for questioning, just because they were questioning all the lodge employees, and... Apparently, he had played it off well, and because he didn't have a criminal record in the past, they kind of let him go and focused more so on people in the lodge that did have a criminal record, and then also sketchy people around the town that that they kind of felt like could have done this. So, their attention was completely off of him, and he went on about his life, lived normal for... A couple months and then he saw this 26 year old named Joey Armstrong and she was walking around the park she was actually a Yosemite nationalist which she worked and kind of lived at the park you know helping people on guides and stuff like that so she was an expert with the park um, she was just out on a walk one day and he had seen her and what he told the police direct quote is he saw her walking and he just felt the need to kill her. So that all sorts are psychologically messed up. But that's what went on in his head and he came up with a plan and went to her cabin that night and had her at gunpoint, bounded her hands and mouth with duct tape and forced her into his vehicle. But Armstrong was not gonna go out without a fight so she as he was driving around she jumped out of the window of the moving truck and ran off into the woods stainer actually ran out there chased her down and then decapitated her and that's how that's how he killed her left her body there left track marks there he was not clean about this at all ran away and the next day on July 22nd the um she was found and Carrie Stainer actually got called in for questioning and they questioned him and I guess he somewhat played it off or they just didn't have enough evidence to pin it on him at that point in time but they let him go from that interview on July 22nd 1999 they let him go and then interviewed more people and one of the people they interviewed had described his car being last seen at Joey Armstrong's cabin so someone saw his car there could pinpoint it down saw the license plate and everything so they went back to try to find Carrie Steiner and he was not at his home so on July 24th, they ended up finding him at a Laguna de Sal nudist camp in Wilton, California. So this piece of shit murdered someone and then immediately left to go hang out at a nudist beach. So the police tracked him down. They found him on July 24th. Um, and once they tracked him down, 
they got him in the car, they started questioning him, and he said, he was like, all right, I'll confess, but you'll have to provide me with child pornography. Obviously, the cops weren't going to do that. Like, why, why would he even ask for that? And he even said, in one of his statements, he said, if y'all provide me with that, I'll confess. He's like, I know it's wrong, but I would like to see that before I go to jail. What, like, that, when I read that, that blew my mind. It, it, this dude is mentally messed up in so many different ways. Um, but, so that was one of his things, apparently. But he claims he, he hadn't done anything to children before or anything like that. He'd never seen it. He just wanted to see it before he went to jail. But the cops weren't going to give him that, obviously. Um, but like 20 minutes after he had said that, he ended up confessing to these three murders anyway. And he, honestly, his explanation for doing it was he just felt like it. He said that since he was seven years old, he has had the ambition to kill females. Um, I don't think, I think he was setting that up just so he could play the mental insanity card during trial. I don't think anyone is contemplating on killing people at seven years old, especially a specific type of person. I feel like if they are mentally unstable at seven and they're already kind of planning on killing, it's going to be everyone. You don't really narrow it down to that point. But I don't know. I feel like that needs to be studied more and um, just mental health needs to address things at a younger age, I guess. But anyway, he claimed that he had fantasies of murdering females at seven years old. So that was kind of his reasoning about that. And one day he finally snapped and did it, was what he told everyone. So he was in jail until his trial, which was in 2002. And he ended up getting the death penalty. However, in California, they ended up changing some laws and the death penalty ended up going away before they were a they executed him so he is still currently alive and is housed in san quentin state prison which is here in california um they claim that the prison is one of the the worst in the country with like they just have low quality stuff and there's always like when the COVID outbreak broke out, I'm pretty sure like ninety to like eighty five to ninety percent of their prisoners actually caught COVID because they really weren't separating them or anything. They have low quality stuff, which is honestly that's all fine with me. Just because like homie murdered four people. There's actually a list that we're gonna go over next episode of people that they can tie to him that were also murdered um one was a part of a cult so we're gonna kind of dive into the cult as well as his brother's abduction so look forward to that on next episode and we're gonna go over that um but as far as the prison i like i'm cool with it being like that just because he straight up piece of shit he murdered four women he gave everyone at Imagine in this area that I'm in right now, like a, a very large scare, just because when you go to a national park, you're not expecting a wild human. Like you, you're more terrified of the bears, the mountain lions, 
stuff on four legs that can that can get you like you're afraid of the snakes you shouldn't be when you go to somewhere that beautiful you shouldn't be worried about anyone attacking you or anything like that so it kind of put the whole yosemite area on guard and i imagine for a couple years after that it it still had everyone freaked out and and took them a while to recover as well as the family of the victims um even though he did get the death penalty and California does not do it anymore, he he will never be released. He is in there for life, 100%. No way he's getting out unless he breaks out, but he's I think he's 61 now. He's definitely not going to break out, so he's in there for life. A bunch of documentaries have actually been made about him and his brother, like, there's one on Hulu. Um, y'all can go watch it. It's called Captive Audience, A Real American Horror Story. And it, it'll go more in-depth on a lot of a lot of things. It'll probably push his mental illness more as well. Um, I just don't, I only have 30 minutes on this podcast, so I kind of had to knock stuff out real quick and couldn't get into all the details of everything. But that... That is what he he did to those four women, and he has four more possible victims that that we'll talk about next week. So tune in for that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of you know pump the brakes on the whole serial killer thing just to kind of lighten the mood for right now towards the end of the episode. Just in case you're listening right before bed, I don't want to freak anyone out with all the serial killer stuff. So. We're, we're going to talk about Yosemite just a little bit. If y'all have never gone, um, don't let this episode scare you because this happened in 1999. It was just from a span from February to July. Other than that, there's never been any serial killer related murders at Yosemite. So I encourage everyone to go. I, I don't think I've seen like a true waterfall until... I got there and it it's so cool like it they were flowing super good right now just because all the snows melting and going into the rivers there and running off it it's it's truly one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen definitely if you can hike I recommend hiking to the top it's it's completely different views than from all the touristy stuff and definitely not everyone gets to see it from that view so I encourage y'all to you know if you're a hiker go hike up there if you're not a hiker go like mountain biking up there figure out a way to get to the top unfortunately they don't have zip lines to get you back down like that would have been clutch because my legs were dead after hiking 11 miles but it was definitely worth it for the views um I actually did record um the hike at least some of it not all of it but a good portion of it so I know last week I said I'm gonna be posting on YouTube. I will be posting this one, the this Yosemite hike with this podcast, as well as probably the next one too, since it kind of ties into Yosemite as well. Um, so y'all can see that I haven't got to that yet. Like I said, I was last episode. Some technical difficulties have came up, but we're working on those right now. So once all that's fixed, we'll post all this to YouTube. Um, so y'all can watch those hikes and see those views for yourselves. So yeah, let's let's get into the fun the fun fact. And it is 
it is not going to pertain to a national park like everything else has in this episode. It's actually something that I'm super excited about. Um, Russ, everyone knows I, I love Russ, favorite rapper right now. He is actually releasing a new album, and it's going to be coming out in August on the on the 18th. He says that it's kind of like a an album about his his life currently, so I think that'll be cool. I'm definitely looking forward to that album. Also, another fun fact, he he already wrote, wrote one book, which I have read, and it's a super good book. I don't read, but for whatever reason, I really liked that book. Um, he's actually writing another one, so oddly enough, I look forward to that, and I'll probably probably buy that. But this this isn't this isn't actually the fun fact. I that's just me trying to put y'all on Russ because I think everyone needs to listen to Russ and read Russ because Russ is Russ is number one right now, and y'all need to hop on board. But the actual fun fact is we are going to do one about Yosemite. Um, so I talked about all the waterfalls earlier and how beautiful those were. And it was just super cool. But the fun fact is at a certain time of the year in February, um, one of the waterfalls called Horsetails Falls actually gets hit by the sunset in like the right perfect angle that it looks like the waterfall turns into like a fire. They call it firefalls. Um, so when I was looking at the picture, it it looks like it's just like lava coming straight from this rock, and it it's it's wild looking. I'll post a picture on the stories just so y'all have an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, it just looks super cool. Waterfall lights up super red, just straight down into the water, and it's only like that for like 10 days in February, like from February 10th to through the 20th. So they limit the amount of people that go into Yosemite at that point of time. And apparently it's a, a super popular event that a lot of people want to attend. So they, they kind of monitor the amount of people that are there just so it doesn't get too crazy and no one hurts like the park or the nature around that area. So yeah, that's the fun fact. And Yosemite there's a waterfall that is basically looking like a little fire lava thing in February so yeah that's it I it looks super cool I wish I was here around February I would try to go to it but I unfortunately will be not so yeah I hope y'all enjoyed the the first serial killer episode I try to keep it super brief just because I you know only 30 minute episodes I didn't want to didn't want to go over but we'll see if this episode catches a lot of attention maybe in the next one we'll kind of give more details about the serial killer and go a little bit longer but that's it for this episode and don't forget it's my world and y'all are just living in it <laughs>